My name is Amanda Stahl, and today I'll be talking to you about Chapter 2, which focuses on the Christian Church in the first millennium. In this chapter, we'll be looking at music in the very earliest parts of the church, the division of the church and the dialects of chant that come from these divisions, development of notation, along with music theory and practice of the early church, and then we'll be looking at an example of music from this time period. To start off, we'll be talking about music in the earliest parts of the church. The earliest records of musical activity in Christianity are from the Bible, where Jesus and his followers are shown singing hymns. Then, around the year 112, Pliny the Younger, a governor of a Roman province in Asia Minor, reports on the Christian custom of singing a song to Christ as if to a god. Around this time, Christians would often meet for communal evening meals where they would sing psalms and hymns. During the 4th century, the number of converts to Christianity grew to the point where official recognition was needed, and so these small informal gatherings grew into public meetings in large buildings that were called basilicas. In these meetings, chanting of prayers and scripture helped carry the text clearly through the large space. Because of the institution of these larger gatherings and the growing number of converts to Christianity, by the late 4th century, Christian observances and gatherings had become much more standardized. In the new standardized format, singing was a regular part of the services. These songs that they sung would be selected from the book of Psalms in the Bible and could also be non-biblical hymns. The practice of singing psalms and hymns became codified in the medieval church, and the tradition of singing during services has continued on into the modern-day Christian churches. Since music was such an integral part of Christian church services, early church leaders saw music as a servant of religion, so only music that inspired holy thoughts was to be played in the church. Because of this belief, instrumental music was condemned as the early church leaders saw no way to inspire holy thought without words. Because of this, for over a thousand years, music in the church was solely unaccompanied singing. During the first millennium, there were many splits in the church due to disputes over theology and governance. However, the biggest and most impactful one of these splits occurred in 395, where the Roman Empire split into two parts, the Eastern and Western Empires. In the Eastern Empire, the Byzantine Church formed, which is the ancestor to the Orthodox Church and in the Western Empire, the Roman Catholic Church grew. As the diversity grew between these two groups, the churches developed their own rites. Rites consist of the church calendar, the liturgy, and the repertory of chant. The church calendar is the schedule for the different services throughout the year. The church liturgy is the body of text and ritual actions for each service. And finally, there are the chants, which vary depending on what church you're looking at. These variations between chants turn into different dialects of chants. These dialects are Gregorian chant, which is the most important type of chant, Byzantine chant, and Ambrosian chant. In Byzantine chant, services included scriptural readings. The songs and hymns sung were sung to fully developed melodies. These melodies were classed into eight different modes. Ambrosian chants were chants that came from Milan, which became one of the strongholds of Christianity throughout the years. And finally, there's Gregorian chant which came from the codification of liturgy and music under the Roman leaders with help from the Frankish kings. Along with the various developments of dialects of chant, there was a lot of development in notation occurring at the same time too. Notation developed through a series of innovations, each designed to make the melodic outline more precise. The earliest forms of notation came in signs called neumes that were placed above a line of text to indicate the number of notes for each syllable 
if a pitch was descending, ascending, or repeating, and the duration of the pitches. Afternoons came the early staffs. Guido of Rezzo created these and suggested an arrangement for line and spaces. After the development of nooms came the development of the Celeb's chant notation. This type of chant was developed by the Celeb's monks who prepared modern editions of chants. This used a modernized form of chant notation with a staff that had four lines. Along with the staff came a, came a clef. This clef was designated by where the middle C or F was located on the line. Along with the development of chant and notation, music theory and practice was really influenced in this time. Church musicians drew on the music theory and ancient philosophy from Greece. This was done mostly by Martianus Capella and Boethius. Boethius is one of the most revered authors of the Middle Ages of music. He wrote the fundamentals of music as a young man. This work was famous and used for the next thousand years. Boethius divided music into three types, music mundana, music humana, and music instrumentalis. Music mundana was the music of the universe. Music humana was the music of humans. And music instrumentalis was the audible music produced by instruments or voices. These designations emphasize an influence of music on character, like ethos from the Greek philosophers. Along with the development of all of these things, there was a large development of church modes. These modes were an essential component for church musicians. By the 11th century, there were eight of these modes. Each of these modes had a final, a range, and a tenor. The modes were differentiated by arrangement of half and whole steps in relation to the final. Each mode has a pair with the same final, and there are four finals, thus making eight modes in total. There are two types of modes, authentic and plagal. Authentic modes were odd-numbered modes and covered the range of a step below the final to an octave above it. Plagal, on the other hand, were the even-numbered modes, had the same final but was deeper in range from the fourth below to the fifth above the final. With the development of all of the notation, chant, and dialects, there was also a development in sight singing. This was done by Guido of Arezzo, who created something called solemnization. He introduced a set of syllables corresponding to a pattern of tones and semitones in the succession C, D, E, F, G, A. He used the syllables ut, re, mi, fa, sol, la. This is used today in sight singing, but ut is replaced with do and t is added to the top. These syllables help to find the semitones in chant. Guido's solemnization was turned into something called the hexachord system. This hexachord system combined his six-step solemnizations into a series of hexachords. Since many chants required changing from one hexachord to another, a mutation was developed. Mutations is the ability for a note shared by two hexachords, and it started as one hexachord and ended as another. Guido's followers also developed something called the Guidonian hand, which was a mnemonic device used to locate the pitches of a hexachord on the various joints of a hand. Now to finish out today's podcast, we're going to listen to an example of music from this time. This piece of music is called Viterut Omnis and was originally written in Solesma's chant. In this excerpt from Viterum Omnis, we heard the syllabic and monophonic style of the time. 
without instrumentals in the background because of the rejection of instruments from the early church leaders. And that's all we have for today's podcast on the Christian Church in the Early Millennium. Thanks for listening. Good luck on your midterms.